0: Guys, welcome back to Unshackled Souls Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything that has to do with mental health and how to get through your day to day life, having different mental health struggles, no matter what those might be. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's been having a good week. I know for me, this week feels like it's so super long. Um, I just thought it was Friday today for a little while, and it's only Wednesday so needless to say the week has been dragging on for me uh today we're going to talk about children with adhd and the different struggles we as parents might face as well as the different struggles that the kids might go through so i know adhd is a lot more common nowadays especially in children than it was years ago there's a lot of theories out there about it whether it has to do with the food intake we have whether it has to do with you know, people having more issues during pregnancy, um, people taking certain medications during pregnancy, you know, kids taking certain medications. So there's a lot of different theories out there about what could really be causing the increase in ADHD in children nowadays that we're seeing. I know like I have two children with ADHD. I have a son that's uh, 14 who has ADHD and I have a son that's six who has severe, severe ADHD. Um, probably one of the worst cases that I've ever had to deal with. And the doctor he sees said it's one of the most severe cases he's actually ever seen. Um, I know some symptoms, if you've ever wondered if your child has ADHD, uh, some symptoms could be like if they daydream a lot, you know, they forget or they lose things a lot. I know the six year old, he'll be mid conversation and he'll start like talking about something and then he'll be like, Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. So that's, you know, a symptom of ADHD, you know, if they squirm or fidget a lot. So like the 14 year old, when he was younger, he would fidget a lot, um, run around a lot. The six year old does that now, you know, he fidgets a lot. He squirms a lot. He can't sit still. Um, he's always moving. He's always jumping. He's always hopping, skipping, doing something. (laughs) Drives me absolutely crazy if I'm being quite honest. Um, if they talk too much, so, i know uh my 14 year old you know he's a teenager now so he goes through his teenager things and sometimes he doesn't want to talk to me because you know mom's not cool but when he does get into those moods where he does want to talk and he wants to socialize he talks a lot so like he doesn't stop it's almost like his mind is racing and he's just you know saying one thing after another and the six-year-old actually talks so much that he's getting in trouble in school for it He's just always talking and talking and talking and talking, no matter what it is, no matter what it's about. Half the time, to be honest, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Um, He's just going and going and going. His mind's just not stopping. (laughs) So quite frankly, I've never met a child who had so much to say. Um, He just always has something to say, no matter what it is. And he just can't stop himself. So that's one of the biggest signs of him having ADHD, I know another symptom of a child having ADHD is they make careless mistakes or they take unnecessary risks. So like careless mistakes, like for the six year old is like he um makes a lot of mistakes in school because he's always going so fast or he's always just trying to be 20 steps ahead of where he is. You know, he takes unnecessary risks, meaning a lot of times like he'll do certain things because he's following other kids or you know, he'll go outside without wearing a coat and it's like 10 degrees outside. So there's different, uh, things and it looks different in all kids, quite frankly, you know, what those careless mistakes are, those unnecessary risks are. Um, another symptom is they have a hard time resisting temptation. So I know like for the 14 year old and the six year old, A lot of times if they're not supposed to do something and you put that thing they're not supposed to do in front of them, they will do it. So like, you know, for the six year old, if I tell him like, hey, you can't have that candy and I walk out the room, he'll eat the candy if I leave it there. Or like he had, um, well, we have these muffins. Like, I don't know if you guys know those little like muffins that come in a pack. I'm not sure what they're called. Um, they're not, like, Little Debbie's, but they're, like, the little muffins that are, like, mini that come in the different packs. And we had, like, 10 boxes of these. He ate all 10 boxes in two days of these little muffins just because, like, he likes them so much and he couldn't resist going through these muffins and eating them all. You know, the 14-year-old has the same type of issues, um, especially when it comes to things he's, he likes. So, like, I would buy fruit snacks like Welch's fruit snacks and he would eat the whole box and mind you this was like a 40 pack box that i get from sam's club and he would eat the whole box in a matter of a day and a half two days and then he would hide the wrappers under his bed or under his pillow or he would put them like in the closet or in the drawer and i would find them later when i was clear cleaning up and i'd be like what is this and then he would just laugh So, you know, it's really hard for kids with ADHD to resist temptation. You know, another thing is they have trouble taking turns. So I know, you know, the 14-year-old, you know, he's a teenager, so he really doesn't have to take turns too often now. I mean, you know, he does, he did have certain issues when he was living here with us, like... If we were watching TV or something and it was not something he wanted to watch, he would want to change the channel. Or if we were listening to a song in the car that he didn't want to listen to and other people were listening to it, he would want to just change it. And, you know, we had to have those discussions with him that you can't just do things like that. You know, for the six-year-old, he always wants to be the one in control of everything. He always wants to be the one that has all the toys or has all the balls, for example. You know, he plays football and when there's a play that goes on once it's over he goes and tries to take the ball from the other kids to be the kid that gives it to the ref or gives it to the coach like he doesn't want to give anybody else a turn or a chance to do that so it is something that has been difficult and that we've struggled with because the coaches get frustrated with him the other kids get frustrated with him so that's something that we have been working on now another symptom is they have difficulty getting along with others. So I know this is true for the 14-year-old. He does have difficulty making friends, and he does have a difficulty, you know, interacting with others a lot of times. Um, He was bullied a lot, you know, growing up throughout the years in school, but even with that he had a hard time with or without that making friends so a lot of times like he wouldn't understand why someone wouldn't want to be his friend so he would try to force himself on that person but then like they wouldn't get along so like they ended up bullying him in the end as far as the six-year-old is concerned he really doesn't have too many issues making friends or getting along with others for him we have an issue with him being a follower So, like, that's something we really struggle with is that him being a follower, you know, because not everybody makes good choices, not everybody makes good decisions. So it's hard for us to have that conversation with him sometimes and explain to him, like, listen, just because this kid did this does not mean you need to also do this. Or just because this kid went and threw this ball, you know, over the fence doesn't mean you also have to go through the ball over the fence. So it is hard and it's difficult to have that discussion where he's understanding, and we try to have him seek to understand, you know, why we're saying this or the why behind. You know why we don't want him to do something but at six years old you know it is hard for him to comprehend certain things and for him to have that understanding I mean even the 14 year old at 14 has issues at times comprehending and you know trying to figure out you know a lot of times certain things are the why behind different things so it really is a kid to kid basis it really does depend on that child and the different struggles they're going through so like, for me, I know I struggle a lot um, with the kids, especially because they have the ADHD, but also because I have ADHD. So I know like, from a personal standpoint, my ADHD, a lot of times makes me very, very impatient. So you know, I get frustrated when the kids don't listen, I get frustrated when they do something they're not supposed to do. And a lot of times it's hard For me to take that step back and realize like, okay, they're doing this because they can't control it or they're doing this because, you know, their ADHD is flaring up. So it's like it's hard because I feel like, you know, a lot of times, especially with the six year old, I have that battle that's ongoing with him and I have that struggle. Where it's like we're constantly butting heads over and over again because it's a constant fight and battle between like, whose ADHD is worse today, you know? So that's hard. And I know, you know, with parents that don't have ADHD... I know for a fact you definitely probably struggle as well you know it's hard because when you have ADHD you can somewhat relate to what the child is going through even though everybody's different but when you don't have ADHD and you're trying to parent a child with ADHD you know you really can't relate too much to what the child is going through so a lot of times that can be even more frustrating and even more aggravating because you just can't understand like why they're doing what they're doing or why they're not listening or why they're jumping around or why they're running around, and it's really, really difficult. And honestly, like every day, I just pray that I'm gonna make it through the day. Like, sometimes I feel like the ADHD takes over and it's just so bad and so strong, and I just honestly don't know what to do half the time. Like, for example, yesterday you know it was a particularly rough day um when i woke up getting the 6 year old ready for school he um was just giving me such a hard time oh my god like he was running around he was jumping in circles he didn't want to get dressed he didn't want to take a shower he was you know messing with the dogs he was throwing things around his room and it was just so frustrating and we were running late And it's like, I forgot to give him his medication. We had to go back. Then I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot to pack your snack. We had to go back. So it's like, it really throws me off in the morning when he is not behaving and when he is, quote, unquote, acting up um, because of the ADHD. Now, don't get me wrong. He has other behavioral problems, as does the 14-year-old. He has other behavioral problems as well. And the 14-year-old has some anger issues and other things going on. And the 6-year-old also has some behavioral problems issues besides the ADHD. But it's just like, sometimes it's just so difficult for me to relate. Like, sometimes I'm just like, why can't you just not sit still? Why can't you not jump around? Why can't you not throw that? So it really is hard at times. And something that I found that helps, especially with the six year old is I try to do things that are, like, interactive to, like, keep his attention. So, like, if I see that he's running around and he's jumping and he's hopping, you know, I try to have him do a task that will keep his focus and kind of change it from the behaviors that he's doing. So I notice sitting down watching TV does not work for him. Like, he'll want to watch TV and he'll want to sit there and he'll want to do something You know, on the TV and he'll have his tablet and, you know, he'll be there doing nothing pretty much. And that causes him to get very overstimulated. And I don't want to say hyper because I know that's not really the best term, but I'll say, I guess, overactive or uh, more impulsive. So he'll start messing with the dogs. He'll start throwing things at the dogs or he'll start bothering them while they're sleeping because essentially he's bored sitting there watching TV. So it's like kids with ADHD, they cannot have a task where they're just sitting there not doing anything. So like even when he has his tablet, if he's just watching like a video on his tablet, that does not fulfill, you know, his need to want to do other things. And it doesn't hold his focus or his attention enough for him to just sit there and be on the tablet. So what I've done is I've tried to download special games on the tablet that kind of make him have to sit and think so it's not just like him mindlessly like watching something or him mindlessly just like sitting there like staring at the game or just having to do one or two things these are like super interactive games that i've put on there so that he has to like use his mind to think okay if i jump here what's my next step with this character or like he has to add things or he has to read and sound words out Or he has to, like, subtract different numbers to get the answer, to get the guy to move. Or he has to figure out ways around different obstacles in the game. So it's like that's something that's really helped me is trying to keep him interactive and trying to keep his focus. Um, I know right now with the 14-year-old, there's some different things going on with him. He's actually in a rehabilitation facility program at the moment um, because of... Not his ADHD, but because of his anger and different things he was going through, like emotionally. So that's been really tough and that's been really hard on us as a family. Um, So, you know, we're not going to get into that too much because that's a really tough, difficult conversation. Um, So we're just going to discuss the ADHD that really has to involve and encompass the things I deal with with a six-year-old so i know the six-year-old also is in therapy and he's also on medication now the thing with adhd medication and i mentioned this in my last episode when we were talking about adhd in adults is that ADHD medication wears off at a specific time. So ADHD medication is not designed to be in your system for a long period of time. So because the six year old was having issues in school and he was having a lot of behavioral problems, like he was throwing things, he broke a chair one time, he broke a desk, um, he was running around the classroom, he was throwing his coat, his folder. You know, we really have had a lot of behavioral struggles with him uh, since he started school. And one thing that I do with the medication is I'll give him the medication about 15, 20 minutes before he's supposed to get on the bus, because I noticed that that's kind of like the sweet spot for him, like 15, 20 minutes um, where the medication like sinks into his system and he starts to have um, a little bit of a calmer demeanor so like when he gets on the bus he can sit and focus and he's not running around the bus and then when he gets to school the medication for the most part lasts him the entire day and then when he gets home it's when it wears off and then he's driving me absolutely crazy for the rest of the night but you know one thing i want to caution about medication and i understand medication is not for everybody and not everybody wants their trial of medication like He's been on medication since he was like four and a half. And I understand like medicine's not for everybody, even though it's really helped us in certain aspects. I understand that a lot of people don't want to put kids on medication. So there's all different kinds of things like you can do research on. I know some people say like if you give a child with ADHD coffee, like the coffee, because it's technically an upper will have a different effect on the ADHD where it might make them come. Or I know people say there's different herbs, you can give different vitamins, you know, different things like that. It's really all about doing your research to see what's going to work best for your child. But I do caution you because ADHD medication, especially in children, can cause them to lose weight. So I know for us, the uh, six-year-old has had some trouble gaining weight. He's on Ritalin, and the doctor has had to up his dose to about 30 milligrams because of the behavioral issues he was having in school. And for a little while, we were having issues with him gaining weight. So I know I would give him those boost shakes, and that really would help him. Uh, The doctor had told me, you know, make sure he's getting you know, enough food that has a good calorie intake. Um, You know, he was saying don't limit him too much on what he eats or like on snacks. He said, of course, you want to be careful on the junk you give him and the bad foods, but you want to make sure he's actually eating whenever he wants. So now I've been able to actually turn his appetite around to the point where he's eating almost like nonstop now. It's really crazy. Like, I know he's going through a growth spurt, so that has something to do with it as well. But it's to the point where he's almost eating nonstop. Like, he has snacks all day. Um, he, I pack him snacks for school. He eats his lunch at school. You know, he eats breakfast at home. But then now they started something really awesome, I think, in the schools. And they're actually offering kids breakfast as well. So he'll eat breakfast here, and then he'll go to school, and he'll eat breakfast. And then he'll eat lunch at school, they have snack, and then he comes home, he usually has a snack, then we have dinner, and then usually he'll have a snack after dinner as well. I try to incorporate a lot of fruit into his diet. Um, I noticed that fruit really helps him uh, go to the bathroom. He was on Miralax at one point. But, you know, me and my fiance, we didn't like that. We didn't want him to have all these different medications and different things going into his system. So I noticed the fruit really helped him. And like I said, these are just suggestions. Like, by no means am I saying, you know, put your kid on medication or don't put your kid on medication. Like, everything is a case-by-case basis. And, of course, you want to consult, like, a doctor or a licensed professional before you do anything with your child. Um, you know, we don't just want to take it upon ourselves and say, okay, I'm going to give him this medication or that's then like it doesn't work and you're like, oh, I'm just going to cold turkey take him off. You know, we always want to consult a licensed professional. But like I said, like me. I really struggle most days and I know like a lot of you can relate to this, like even though he's on medication, even though, you know, I've worked with the doctor to get him on a better diet and now gain weight, you know, a lot of times him and I bump heads and it's hard because I have to take a look at myself and like a deep dive into my own personality a lot of times to figure out, like, okay, why are you bumping heads so much, like, with a six-year-old? Like, why are you fighting so hard with a six-year-old, you know? Like, he's six years old. Like, they're going to have issues at times with behaviors. They're going to jump around. They're going to act up. They're going to be running. They're going to be screaming. But it's like, with my ADHD, I also have bipolar disorder and sometimes, to be honest, guys, I just can't take it. Like, I just can't handle it. And I notice, like, I do get very agitated and really, like, annoyed sometimes. So I try to take a step back and I'll try to, like, take a walk or I'll try to, like, leave the room. Because, of course, we never want our emotions and what we're feeling to come off on our child. You know, we never want our emotions of frustration or aggravation you know, we don't ever want to really display that in front of our child because we don't want them to feel like sad or bad. Like, oh, I'm making mom sad. I'm making dad, you know, mad. I'm frustrating them. And, you know, I think it is good to sit down and have that conversation with them and say, hey, listen, like when you have certain behaviors, like it does make mommy upset, it does make daddy upset. Because you're not focusing or listening to what I'm trying to tell you or explain to you. So I know those conversations I've had with the six year old tend to really help him because he does see me get frustrated at times. So, you know, I have to definitely work on that and work on myself more. But he does see me get frustrated. And like, there's certain times where like I feel bad because like he'll get sad or upset. And he'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not listening or behaving well today. Or like, I'm sorry that my brain is not letting me listen or focus. And, you know, I'll feel bad and I'll sit down and I'll have a conversation with him. And I'll say, listen, like, I definitely understand. Like, it can be hard to sit down it can be hard to focus like i definitely understand it can be hard to listen and like i'll have that heart to heart conversation with him and just be like you know what we're gonna work on this together we're gonna try to move forward and we're gonna do this and handle this together um instead of me just walking off being aggravated just screaming you know because yeah don't get me wrong like <laughs> all of us as parents we can definitely say we probably yell from time to time or we scream from time to time out of frustration. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a perfect parent who never gets mad, who never gets upset, because that is not realistic at all. And I know that's not realistic for any of us to say that we don't. So, you know, I think it's very important for us to always be mindful of how we're making our children feel. Like, of course, you got to be mindful of how you make anybody feel, you know, whether that's your partner whether that's your child whether that's your friend family whether it's a stranger on the street you know we always want to be mindful of how we're making anybody feel but you know especially like children you know they are very moldable, and children are learning and growing every single day and the last thing we want them to learn is you know oh i always make mommy and daddy sad i always make mommy and daddy mad oh, I just can't control my behaviors or like we don't want them to think they're a bad kid, right? You know, we don't want them to think like, oh, I'm just a bad kid. I just never listen. I just never do what I'm supposed to do because that's the worst. Like hearing that is the absolute worst. And I remember before the six-year-old started therapy, um, he used to say that all the time because he did get in trouble a lot. He had a lot of timeouts and nothing worked like timeout didn't work taking toys away didn't work taking his tablet away didn't work you know making him go sit on his bed did not work so it's like he used to say that a lot like oh i'm just a bad kid like my brain doesn't let me behave and i used to sit down and tell him i used to be like no like you're not a bad kid you're a great kid and i used to say i understand it's hard sometimes when our brain is telling us to do one thing And we're trying to do something else. And we used to have those conversations. And I used to just open the floor up to let him express himself and let him say how he's feeling. And now since he's been going to therapy... Uh, for over a year, he's learned how to express himself more. And he's learned how to have more of those open conversations with me, to the point when we do sit down and have these open dialogues, he really can express and say like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. This is what made me feel that way. You know, like when you got upset with me, I felt really sad, because I felt like at that point, like my brain wasn't letting me um, sit down or my brain wasn't letting me do what I was supposed to do or what I was asked. So we do have really good dialogue and really good conversations. And I really encourage you guys to have talks with your children. I know some people are like, oh, they're just kids, they don't understand. But believe me, they understand more than you think. And I really encourage you guys to have conversations with your children, even if they don't have ADHD. Like, this isn't specific to kids with ADHD. Like, you know, kids have behavioral issues, whether they have ADHD or not. And, you know, kids are learning every day. And I think that open dialogue is super important just to even do a pulse check, just to say, oh, how are you feeling today? Is anything making you sad? Is anything making you happy? you know, how was your day today? You know, what did you do today? What did you learn at school? You know, just to make them feel validated as well, to make them feel like their voice is important and their voice is getting heard. And I think that that's great. Like when you have those conversations with your children and it's like, I didn't grow up having those open conversations with my parents. You know, I didn't grow up with that open dialogue. Like I didn't feel like I could talk to my parents growing up. You know, I didn't feel like, how I felt mattered or my struggles mattered. Like, of course, like they loved us, but at the same time, like if we showed any signs of like struggle or any signs of sadness, you know, the reaction was not pleasant. It was, it was usually like, oh, what do you have to be sad about? Like, what do you have to struggle about when we give you guys everything? So it was very hard for me to have this open dialogue and conversation with them, which is why I'm saying, like, make sure you do that with your children and make sure you have, you know, that pulse check. You know, let's break the cycles of what we all experience as children. Let's break the cycles of things that we wish we had as children or we wish our parents would have done with us. You know, let's break that cycle and sit down and actually mold these children to be better adults in the future than most of us are today. You know, let's mold these children to go out there and do great things and be great human beings. And I just think that's so super important. And, you know, the six year old has expressed to me that he is very happy that we have these conversations. He's said to me that, you know, I like when we talk, I like when we sit down and we talk about my day or we talk about my feelings. And that's something that I have to say therapy has really, really helped him with. And I'm super, super grateful that he has such a great therapist. And I'm super grateful that he has someone that he has helped him open up and that he can trust. Because that's super important too, you know, like kids, typically they'll trust anyone But at the same time, they have to feel comfortable with that adult. They have to feel comfortable with that person that they are talking to. So it's like I'm super grateful that we do have a therapist that he loves and he cares about and he feels comfortable and trusts her to have those conversations with him. Because like I said, I feel like that's important, you know, because you don't want if your kid doesn't feel like they can talk to you or your child is scared to talk to you or feels uncomfortable talking to you. The last thing you want is for them to sit there and bottle up how they're feeling and bottle up their emotions. That's how I felt growing up and that's how I'm sure a lot of us felt growing up and that's why my ADHD was not diagnosed till later in life. You know, I really struggled in school. I had a hard time. I was fidgeting all the time. I wasn't sitting still. I couldn't focus. My mind was constantly wandering. I was constantly zoning out. And, you know, as a child, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what to do about that. I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to about that. So it's like a lot of the symptoms the six-year-old is experiencing now, I remember going through those and having those struggles growing up throughout my education and, you know, throughout my childhood. So it's like I wish that I would have had some type of therapist or some type of adult that I could trust to have this conversation with. So, I think that's super, super important for you guys to do that. And I get it, you know, not everybody wants their child to see a therapist, not everybody wants their child. To talk to someone else besides them but i think this is where humility comes in and i think we have to be humble and say like if we do see something going on with our child we have to sit there and we have to be like okay maybe i'm not the best person for them to open up to right now or talk to or maybe they need a little help to be able to open up so that we can have that open dialogue and communication and that's why i say like it's really really helped the six-year-old having therapy it's really helped him being on medication Um, he also has great teachers in school. I think that's important as well to keep the dialogue constantly open with the teachers. So when he was in kindergarten, he had a lot, a lot of issues, um, He just had so many issues. Oh, my God. Like, I'm just remembering back to everything the teacher was going through, having to, like, deal with him in the classroom. And I remember the teacher was super appreciative because I had that open dialogue and communication with her. And anytime she would have struggles with him, I would work on those things with him at home. So she was so grateful for that. And I think that's important. Like, listen, guys, like, teachers are super underpaid. The last thing they want to do is have to struggle throughout the day with a child that is not focusing is not behaving and then on top of that deal with a parent who just is not involved or engaged with what's going on like we have to help our teachers out guys we have to help them out like these people are educating our children they're with our children all day. Essentially, sometimes they're with our children more than we are. So, we got to help them out. We have to be open and honest with them, have that open line of communication. Because honestly, I don't know what I would have done if he did not have such a supportive teacher last year. And even this year, his teacher is super supportive. Like when he threw the desk and he, I'm sorry, when he threw the chair and he broke the desk. Um that was like a month and a half ago. I remember the teacher messaged me like right away. We had a whole conversation about it, and she was like, you know, I just don't know what to do. You know, we brainstormed on different tips and different ideas that she could use in the classroom. And I, you know, assured her I would have a conversation with him at home and we would work on things at home, which we did. And, you know, since then he's had much better days. I think something else that's really helpful in addition to that is creating a behavioral board or a behavioral chart i know with the struggles he's been experiencing in school and the struggles he's had at home i created a behavioral chart for him so this is something where you know he gets a star for certain behaviors um i put certain things on there that he has to do different tasks he has to complete every day so like this keeps him super engaged because when he completes the task for the week at the end of the week he earns a prize And if he completes X amount of tasks throughout that week and he earns a prize each week for four weeks, then at the end of that month, he gets a star. And if he gets four stars four months in a row, he gets a big prize. So right now he's working his way to earning a switch. Um, He has three of the four stars for three of the weeks out of the four months. And he is working on right now getting that fourth star to earn a switch. So we have had some behavioral issues with him this week. Uh some things that we have struggled with, so we've kind of taken a bit of a step back. But I do feel it's super important for us to have some type of visual um you know with the kids in general, but especially kids that suffer from ADHD. Because it gives them something to strive for. It gives them something to work towards. And I think that that is so important. Because when they can see it in front of them, they get excited about it. When they can see in front of them, like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to get this. You know, if I get a star here, you know, I'm going to get a star here. And then I can get this prize. So I think that's really helped him. Like Some of the things on his behavioral board are, like, make his bed. He has to brush his teeth. He has to get dressed by himself. Did you use kind words today? Uh, Were you honest today? Did you keep your hands to yourself? Because we went through that as well. We went through a period where he was not keeping his hands to himself. So that was a struggle. But like those are just some things on his board. And if he does those things, he gets a star. So... Another thing he has to do on his board is he has to feed the dogs. He feeds them in the morning and the night. And this is something that he has become very excited about. Um, He remembers like, okay, at this time, I have to feed the dogs. And he'll look at the microwave and he'll say, oh, it's 6.01. I have to go feed the dogs. And he's become very excited about this task and it's helped him keep focus at least for a few minutes. Um, We also have started like a chore chart for him, which he's not happy about at all, but tough. You know, (laughs) we all had chores growing up and having chores also helps him to stay on task and keep his focus sometimes. Now, we don't do the chores every day because, of course, he has school, he has homework, different things like that, you know, that go on. He's in first grade now. And he doesn't do the chores every day, but when he does do the chores, it gives him like a sense of accomplishment and he becomes very, very proud of himself, which I love to see. You know, I love to see that he's proud of himself. I love to see how happy he is when he accomplishes a task. So that's something that's really helped with the ADHD as well. Um, now, I know I had someone message me on the last podcast episode and they asked me, um, they said that they have a child with severe ADHD, like my six-year-old. And they said that they would like to know helpful tips on like punishments that have worked for me with the six-year-old. Now, when I say punishments, of course, I don't mean like hit your child, beat your child, anything crazy like that. Um, but I know for him, like I was saying before, the timeout didn't work. Sending him to his bed to sit and think about what he did didn't work. Taking his tablet away, taking away toys, none of that worked. Um, so what I have started doing was, and I actually got this tip from one of my friends who does it with her kids, is I will have him stand in a corner in timeout and he will have to face the wall, but I'll give him an activity to do while he does it. So whether that's jumping jacks, whether that's he has to sit there and squat, whether he has to, you know, stand there and count to a certain number, uh, whether he has to run in place, just something to help him get rid of that excess energy, which is causing the, the poor behavior and causing him to make poor choices. I know the other day um, I was having a lot of struggles with him. It was the weekend with his behaviors and even the timeout didn't work. So what I had him do was I had him sweep the floor in the kitchen and the living room. Then I had him vacuum the carpet upstairs in his room. And he was mad and he didn't like it, but he did it. And after he did it, his behavior was much better because he was like, oh, if I do this again, I'm going to have to sweep the floor again or I'm going to have to vacuum. And what I did was I told him, I said, okay, like if you keep with these behaviors, the next thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to scrub the wall. You're going to have to mop the floor. So, you know, of course, these are all things that he's not excited about things that he does not want to do, um, things that he's like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's that's not fun. You know, so it's like he'd rather be on his tablet. He'd rather be playing with his toys, you know. So it's like if I sit there and I'm telling you, like, oh, you're going to scrub this wall. You know, the last thing you're going to do is be excited to scrub a wall. You know, what kid is excited to scrub a wall? I'm not even excited to scrub a wall. And I'm an adult. You know, I don't I don't take any pleasure in doing chores, you know, vacuuming, sweeping the floor. You know, I don't take any pleasure in that. So my thing is if you set the punishment up in a way where it's an activity or a task that they have to complete, that helps because not only does it get rid of that excess energy, but it shows them, okay, my actions have consequences and I have to be accountable and held accountable. For what I do because that was something he really struggled with as well he would do something misbehave and then he would tell a lie and wasn't honest about his behavior so he wasn't holding himself accountable to what was going on or to his actions so now being in timeout and having to do this test what I do is I have a conversation with him and I say okay what did you do that caused you to have to sweep the floor what did you do that caused you to have to vacuum or scrub the wall or do jumping jacks? And then we have a conversation about it. And I try to break it down to his level of understanding and use words that he understands. And I always make sure I ask him afterwards, okay, what did I say? What did I just explain to you? And I have him explain it back to me to make sure he was focused and listening because his, you know, the way he pays attention and his attention span is very short. You'll be talking to him, trying to discipline him about a situation. And next thing you know, he's staring off into space asking you what's for what's for dinner? <laughs> what's for lunch? Oh, what are the dogs doing? So it's very hard a lot of times for me to discipline him. But those are things that I have done that have worked. So I hope that answers your question that you asked me. Um, Because those are things like disciplinary wise. I don't like to say punishments because I feel like punishments is associated with like hitting your child, beating your child, something crazy. So I'm going to say like those are disciplinary tactics that I have used that have really helped um, with him, with holding his focus, with getting him to have some better behaviors. And don't get me wrong. Every day is a struggle. Every day I have to make a conscious choice and a conscious commitment to say okay today what am I going to do to try to help crop these behaviors or what am I going to do to help him realize that he shouldn't be doing this or that he shouldn't be putting himself in this type of situation so every day it's really hard and it's like I said it's not just you know parents that struggle with mental illness or struggle with ADHD you know it's parents that don't have ADHD parents that don't have a mental illness I know you guys struggle as well So it's just every day making that conscious effort to sit there and say, okay, how am I going to help my child do better and be a better than today? Just like we do for ourselves. You know, every day we want to strive to be better. Every day we want to strive to be better than the day we were before and to be a better person and make better decisions. So it's instilling that in them from a young age that to be better by the day you know, to be better than you were the day before and make good decisions and make good choices. And that's something that him and I talk about often. Like, okay, if your brain is telling you to do something, but you know that that's not a good decision or a good choice, should we do that? And then if he says no, I I explain to him, okay, so what do we have to do to make sure That we make those good decisions even though our brain is telling us not to. And he'll say, well, we have to stop. We have to take our time. We have to think about what we did. But it wasn't always like that. And we just got to this point now where we can have these types of conversations. And we can have these open types of conversations where he actually is really understanding somewhat what's going on. I mean, you know, he's he's still six. So, you know, what he understands, you know, sometimes he understands more than I think. And I know we're all guilty of that. You know, kids understand a lot of times more than we think. Like they eavesdrop on a lot of conversations and, you know, they hear things and they take it and they understand it in their own way. So they know more than we think. But it's helpful to have these conversations with him and just see how far his knowing and knowledge goes. So those are just things that I do. Those are things that help me with the different situations that he has going on. Those are things that help his teachers. Um, Those are things that help me in the home as well as outside of the home. You know, another struggle we have is the 15 year old. He's autistic. So he um, struggles a lot with understanding and dealing with his six year old brother Because a lot of times he cannot handle the six-year-old's behaviors and he gets very frustrated. So, you know, we've had to have a lot of talks with the 15-year-old as well as the six-year-old and say, listen, like, this is not how you guys behave or should treat each other. And this is why. This is why you should love each other. This is why you should treat each other with respect and kindness and show each other grace. But it's hard, you know, it's hard having that conversation with any child You know, it's hard explaining to any sibling of a child with ADHD or even any type of other mental illness that your one child might have that another doesn't. You know, it's hard to explain to them like what's going on and why that child is acting that way. So all I can say is have that conversation with your other children as well about giving, you know, the child that's having the behavior issues grace. You know, maybe they'll understand, maybe they won't. I mean, kids fight all the time, like, that's siblings for you. But it's just one of those things, you gotta just take it one day at a time, honestly. You know, every situation is different. It's not about a sprint, it's about a walk through life, like, taking it that one step at a time, like I said, trying to figure out what works best for you and what works best for your family. There's not one size fits all. There's no handbook to this stuff, honestly, guys. Like, there's no handbook. There's no rule book telling us, like, what to do, what not to do. There's nothing written in stone somewhere that says, hey, this is how you have to parent your child or this is what you have to not do when parenting your child. So it's really one size fits all. It's not one size fits all, I mean, excuse me. Um was just looking at the dog and she moved and she's sleeping and she always feels like she has such a rough life. Like the way she sleeps and snores guys, you would think she had a rough life, but to get back on topic, see there it goes. Like my ADHD causing me to lose focus again. But you know, like I said, just, it's super important. Make your child feel loved at the end of the day, make them feel like they can come to you, make them feel like they can have those conversations And just be patient. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I can say is just be patient. I know a lot of times I lack patience. And just be patient. You know, take that time with your child um, to better understand them, to better help understand yourself. And all you can do is be there for them at the end of the day. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. I hope uh, you guys really enjoy this podcast. It was a great conversation that we had about, you know, dealing with the struggles of parenting, um, especially struggles of parenting with children with ADHD, if you have ADHD or if you don't have ADHD. So I just really thank you guys for tuning in again. I hope everybody has a great day. Remember, you got this always, and I'll see you guys next time.